Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to episode 206 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks. And this week we have a special guest, one of the guys who most likely is the reason why me and Jason are doing this. The uh, host at one point of Off the Ropes from Oswego Radio, uh, Brian Drake is joining us at Drake Fantasy. Uh, Brian, how you doing? And uh, are you surprised that all these years later you'd be doing wrestling and you wouldn't be hosting? I love it. I'm so happy that you guys are still doing this. Uh, we all went to Oswego State University on the, the, the shore of Lake Ontario, uh, way up north of New York where it's like you know, four degrees every day. And we did this little radio show about wrestling for four years. And it just devolved over time into basically like a bootleg Howard Stern show by the, the <laughs> our senior year. But uh, yeah, it's awesome that you guys are still doing this. And, and I, I follow what you guys are doing on Facebook and Twitter. And it, I see you're doing the show still. So I'm excited to be here. I'm still a wrestling fan all these years later. And I have lots of opinions about Mania and the <clears> Performance <throat> Center and and everything else in the world of wrestling. So I'm, I'm super excited you guys had me on. Drake, we're, we're excited to have you for sure. Um, yeah, it, it was, it's great having you on, and we're excited to chop it up and talk about wrestling a little bit with you. And I'm cool, just going to say, and this will be the one hour or however long uh, you're on with us that uh, the name Hardhout McGee will be allowed to be uttered on this program <laughs> ever. And now that I said that, it will mostly become a thing again, but... Uh, I've had to tell guys, like I'm texting guys who used to do the show with us, and I'm like, hey, I'm doing the show with, you know, uh, you know, Brooks, and, and then I was like, do you remember Corey? And they're like, oh, man, I'm like, Hard Hat McGee, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> we gave everybody on the show a nickname. Like, my friend Don Cohane, he's a school teacher now here, in, I live in Syracuse, and we, we needed a nickname for him, and I remember Corey the King Costello, who was kind of our Jerry Lawler of the show, he just kind of looks over at him, and he goes... Dingo down the baby eater. That's your name. What? You go, well, that's it. It's stuck. So there's your name. Yeah, I think toward the end when when I was there, the show was basically the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Like I, I remember one episode, I'm like, do they do they fucking talk about wrestling at all on the show? No. <laughs> There's like no wrestling talk. But it was I, a great show. I was a, a pledging a fraternity my freshman year at college, and because I was also hosting this wrestling show, I told the guys, I'm like, hey, listen. And this is when wrestling was white hot. It was 97, uh, 98, right? 98, 98 whatever that time yeah. is. So WWE was real hot. WCW was kind of coming down. But uh, I told them, I go, listen, I can't start pledging until wrestling. I have to watch it because I'm, I go to school for broadcasting. So I have to watch the show. And back then, there's no DVR in 1998. So they were like, all right, because they wanted to watch it, too. So we, we watched the show, and it's like, all right, now we'll go, you know, do everything else we have to do that we can't talk about on radio. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really funny because they talked about this on Dark Side of the Ring with Russo. I mean, that was probably the last time that college kids sat down and watched Raw every single week. Like, I don't think you – I don't know that you really get that now, especially with DVR and things right. like that. It was like appointment television back then for sure. I remember in the dorms at Oswego, people sitting in the lounges watching the show. And they were like, did you see what The Rock said? I mean, The Rock was the guy at that time for me and my friends. Stone Cold was as hot as ever. We loved it. Uh, it was just, I know Russo gets a bad rap now, but when you're a 20, 19, 20-year-old 20 kid, like, 
I like that Sonny and Sable are out there half naked and all the crazy stuff they're doing. Like, that was cool to me. Like, now, as a soon-to-be 40-year-old father of two, I wouldn't want to watch that with my kids. But back then, it was great. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let's, I want to bring this up because I'm going off because I always do this. How much, do your kids watch wrestling at all? Or is it something that you don't feel comfortable with? Uh... And, and how old are your kids, anyway? <laughs> I've got a son and a daughter. They are seven and five. I've had it on at times, and... They'll kind of watch it, but they're like, why are these people beating each other up? And, like, my daughter will see it. And she, there's, you know, women wrestling now and, and doing very well. She's just like, why are these women hitting each other? And my wife doesn't like wrestling at all. She's like, I don't want the kids watching it. So they haven't really gotten into it. Um, and I remember being seven, eight years old. That, like, that was stuff to do. I, that was the first time I ever saw wrestling I went that, to. Same with me. I saw Strike Force win the tag straps in a dark match. Tito Tito Santana, Santana and Rick Martel, right? <laughs> yes, Rick Martel, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Uh, why he's not. The model. He was joke. great. But, uh, yeah, that was the first time I ever went and saw wrestling. It was my mom's birthday, October 27, 1987, in uh, the Onondaga County War Memorial. Same building, mind you, where David Arquette won the world title. Right. So many years Good later. memories and bad memories, we could say. <laughs> you know? we, we were there. We did Off the Ropes live from Thunder. Oh my like, God. after it, and, like, I gotta find that tape. I have all the tapes of these shows. That's gotta be just like us drunk. Like, what happened? Why are we here? <laughs> at, at some point, if you find any tapes with 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 me on it, you know, feel free to get rid of those as evidence for the uh, the future. <laughs> but um, you know, let, let's get into. Uh, we spoke about uh, right after Mania. We did a show, and uh, we had some quick takes and some some stuff, but. Uh, what were your thoughts of WrestleMania? And I guess the uh, the two biggest matches that people are talking about were, uh, I guess, as people are now saying, WWE's uh, cinematic uh, version of wrestling, the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse and um, the, the Boneyard, Boneyard match. match. Yes. Yeah. Well, I remember tweeting, and, and you and I actually were, were going back and forth uh, that night on Twitter. And that was and, actually that was me. Oh, okay, and and. If you were the one going as my Charlotte takes, we'll get into that later. But uh, So, I, number one, they should have postponed WrestleMania. There's no reason that, because it's a scripted show. You can push storylines off for six months. Like, WrestleMania is about the atmosphere, the spectacle, the stage, people coming out, their entrance. That's WrestleMania. The match is whatever. You know, who cares? I, uh, they have a, b a billion matches every week. So you're doing it in an empty performance center. I felt bad for those performers, to be honest. Those guys are coming out, and you can kind of see it on some of their faces. They're coming out, and they're like, I'm looking around a warehouse here. Like, this sucks. This is not my dream here to be in this match. So I wish they would have pushed it off, but whatever. They had to do what they had to do. I thought the Undertaker match was way overproduced. I showed it to my wife. She thought it was cool. And then I, I sat and I thought about it more, and I go, well... They had to do something with The Undertaker. What what was positive about it? Well, it gave him breaks because God knows how long it took him to shoot that. And it made him look good. What I didn't like is AJ Styles in his promos leading up to it saying, I want the old Undertaker. I want, you know, the great Undertaker of, of yesteryear. And you bring out the American badass version. Like you're just <laughs> there's no consistency there. Thought it was overproduced, but whatever. I guess it was cool. Firefly Funhouse. Great. It, that was cool. Bray Wyatt did an amazing job. John Cena was the worst part by far of the Firefly Funhouse because he can't act. He looked horribly, so out of place. 
And I, I've thought for years that Cena's kind of mailed it in with wrestling, and he kind of, kind of breaks kayfabe, and he's kind of goofy, like I'm above it now, and Mr. Cool, and it just, and the haircut, he's got my haircut, he doesn't look like he should be there. Um, so those, but those two matches, I thought Firefly Funhouse was cool. Thank God, Wyatt went over, but uh, I thought it was interesting. What would you guys think about like? You know, every prop from the warehouse was brought out, and, and I'm showing Bischoff and all that. He was even surprised. What'd you guys think? Yeah. So you, Drake, you little, you know a little bit about how I feel because we were arguing about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Cena is no, you know, he's not a great actor. He's no Robert De Niro. But I thought, here's the thing with Cena. I thought he was acting like that on purpose. Like he was mm-hmm. kind of goofy on purpose. I think there was like an intent of him looking like he can't act. On purpose. That's the way that I saw it. Like he Mission was kinda, accomplished. He was, <laughs> he was kind of in Bray Wyatt's world a little bit and kind of didn't know how to react to it. So he kind of was a bit over the top. I get what you're saying, but I, I think, I mean, he was literally being a member of the NWO, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I think there was kind of goofiness associated with it. And I, I think Cena kind of embraced that goofiness a little bit. But, you know... It, Point counterpoint. Yeah, those two matches. The Boneyard you know, match I thought was fine. fun. I mean, people loved it. I yeah. It, Drake, let me ask you this because people loved it, like universally loved it. Do you think people loved it so much because it was good, or did people love it so much because it was just different from these empty arena sh- matches we've been seeing for the past month and a half month? Yeah, I think because it was something different and. It made The Undertaker look strong. It made him look like you remembered him 15 years ago, or, you know, when he's fighting Shawn Michaels. And you're like, man, this guy can go. Because now he can't. You know, what is he, a 53-year-old guy or whatever he is? He's old as fuck. Yeah, so that made him look strong. You know, he got to keep his uh, biker gear on. He wasn't laboring around, looking like he did over in Saudi Arabia with Goldberg. So it, it made The Undertaker look great. He could do that match for another five years. You know, and somebody can say, oh, I'm going to beat you in the boneyard this year or whatever. You know, those kind of gimmicks, you can prolong his career more so than bringing him to the ring uh, and having him, you know, beat somebody in five minutes. Now, yeah. one of the things that we spoke about on our instant reaction show was, do you think that this would work in front of a live crowd? One of the things that was very unique was the fact that this was no crowd and it's, everything was taped. You could have people sitting there for 20 minutes Mm-hmm. You know, watching this visual, vis, uh, visual media. But if you have people in a stadium or an arena sitting there for twenty minutes or you know twenty five minutes watching something, are they going to get bored and not want to take this? Even as good as something being you know slickly produced, are people at a actual WrestleMania going to want to watch this? You know. Well, I'm of the opinion that that is the uh, we've seen the end of one day WrestleManias. WrestleMania going forward is going to be a two day event. I think they're going to find that they can sell it better this way. You can get uh, higher ticket prices, maybe even sell seats for both days. The advertising will be bigger. Um, and then they can spin it as ratings and social media buzz because if you're on for two days. I think there's no way they're going back to one day. The, the fatigue of an audience for eight hours. I don't know if you guys were at the show at MetLife, no. but that was insane how long that was. So I think they're going to start going to two-day events. I mean, we're tired, we're tired from just watching it. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, usually I go to New York um, back home and I'll watch the shows, usually with Corey a lot of times, whatever. I'm exhausted. 
from watching, especially if you're like drinking and whatever. Yeah. I can't imagine being at a WrestleMania. I would go to a two-day WrestleMania. I, I would do that. I would never go for, for one day, eight hours. It's nowhere. I do yeah, think I, there is, I'm sorry, I do think there is one thing that you have a problem with doing, a two-day mania. And I think it's a great idea, especially if it's like four, three and a half, four hours for each show is, how do you go and tell somebody like six months in advance, all right, you're going to buy tickets for Saturday or Sunday, and you're not going to tell them, all right, you may get Roman Reigns. Or you may get, you know, whoever the second Seth Rollins, but you're not, you don't know in advance who you're getting. You're telling no, fans. Do a, you're not going, you're not going to WrestleMania to see Roman Reigns. You're going to WrestleMania yeah. to see, you go to fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, but you're going to see. You, you're not, you don't even know the card when you, when these people coming from Ireland and Europe, they don't know the card when they get, like I booked a trip to Italy, which got canceled, obviously. <laughs> like I booked a trip to Italy in like January. Like I didn't know what was going to happen or what wasn't going to happen. It's, if I book, if I was thinking about WrestleMania months from now, you don't know the matches. And what you could do is sell as a two-day package and make even more money off of those. And uh, you got to think, how many of those people go to Mania? They come in, they're doing Hall of Fame, NXT, hitting some of the ancillary shows there around. Everybody has conventions. Then they're doing the Monday Night Raw after, which is always huge, and this year was awful. Uh so I think people would would stick around. I mean, you're doing it at a huge football stadium, but I don't know. I, I think people they're already making a weekend out of it. They're yeah. already going there, making a weekend out of it, and usually they stay on Mondays. So it's yeah. like that's true. The, but like I, I said, I two manias myself, and I didn't go to the one at MetLife mm-hmm. because my buddies. And now that we have jobs, we're looking at it like, congratulations! Oh my God, like I, what you said. I don't want to sit there for nine hours, and then I got to drive home afterwards from New York City at midnight or stay over, and it's just, it becomes a big thing. But, yeah, if you're going to Mania, you're going because it's a whole weekend. And I I just can't see them going back from it. I think that's going to be the one thing that comes from this mess of the coronavirus is WrestleMania is now a weekend. Right. Well, uh, and who knows? You can put, because they got NXT now, you can mix that crap in and do whatever you want to do. And- I do think the one thing that is, and we'll move on from this in a second, but the one thing that is interesting, if it is two days, if you're having a Saturday and Sunday WrestleMania, Friday's going to be SmackDown, so then when you're going to put NXT, what, on th- on Thursday, what, on, I guess on a Wednesday, I mean, they could figure out. I mean, to me, that's not hard to figure out. Like, they could, they could figure, they could figure that out. You put SmackDown on Friday, maybe you put NXT in, you know, maybe NXT is not that weekend. Maybe NXT yeah. the weekend before, and then you have two weekends back to back. Right. I mean, you can do an NXT takeover whatever you want, and then just have the biggest stars on the show like they did now with, uh, you know, some of the women's matches had NXT superstars and, you know, you could do it that way. And then the Hall of Fame, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. You could move that to, if you want to do it, Royal Rumble or whatever, you can do it whenever you want. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's yeah, you could, yeah, you could do it at the Royal Rumble, say, hey, these are the people. And then during WrestleMania weekend, they actually come out and they celebrate them and, you may get a couple of months big deal. Oh, and before I forget, we did not say so at the top of the show, but uh, Brian Drake has a podcast, The Fantasy Football Hustle, which uh, we're trying to get him to 1,000 subscribers minimum on YouTube. So you should definitely go and follow uh, on YouTube The Fantasy, Folk, uh, Fantasy Football Hustle and also listen to him on iTunes and everywhere else you can you listen to uh, podcasts. But... Um, well, what I would say, and I think Jay agreed with me, the, the best match on WrestleMania was most likely the NXT women's match. Uh, Absolutely. So with that, 
How do you uh, think? Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, we'll get into your 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 uh, deferred views on the match, but how do you think they're going to handle Charlotte now? Because she is a big star. She was on Raw giving an interview. We heard conflicting reports from PW Insider saying the reason they took a title off her was most likely because of visa issues. Then Rhea Ripley went and said, I'm still in the country, so... But the, I, I heard it was because they won her NXT for ratings. Right, no, but so... And that's that's, that's what I'm saying. thousand so. percent. The only reason you put that strap on Charlotte is because you want eyeballs on Wednesday nights versus AEW because she's a name and I will say pound for pound the best worker in the company. Uh, so why wouldn't you? <laughs> That's all right. The, oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but what do you, the real issue becomes now? How do you get the belt off her eventually? Because she's going to have to put somebody over. And I think what they'll end up doing is they'll have some kind of three or four way where there's multiple girls fight or women, excuse me, fighting for the belt, uh, and then she could get taken out by someone, and then she is protected and doesn't have to actually take the pin. But Drake, wouldn't it mean more if she lost to an NXT superstar? That's one of the things that we talked about in the lead up to WrestleMania. And it makes sense that they gave her the title. You know, Vince fucking loves Charlotte Flair, so he always puts her over. Mm -hmm. But the idea of her losing to an Io Shirai, which we argued about, or um, whomever, Dakota Kai, Bianca Bell, I guess Bianca's on Raw now, but whoever, whatever NXT superstar mm -hmm. you want to say. Yeah, great debut. Right? Doesn't that make them look even stronger than just winning the title? Winning the title and beating Charlotte Flair, the most over, well, next to Be Becky Lynch, the most over woman on the roster. On how many people, I'm sure we can look this up, how many people, Tapia, can you remember, have beaten Charlotte clean? You know, that's not in a yeah. three-way. I mean, Charlotte's been a ten, I mean, Charlotte's been a 10-time champion, and she's lost. So she's lost a lot. She has lost a lot. She's lost to Sasha a bunch. She's lost to Becky a bunch. A lot of these two are, are, are three ways. They love putting the women in the three-way matches. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, the last person to... Uh, I to, think that's what they'll do is they'll I find mean, a way... Other than the three horsewomen, I don't think she's lost to anybody. She, Any she other lost, woman, really. She lost clean right before... And it was terrible because she, Ember Moon got hurt basically right afterwards, but... She lost clean to Ember Moon, and then Ember Moon destroyed her leg, and then she, which you know was basically the end of her push because she got hurt. But they basically uh, that happened, and then like I said, bye bye Ember Moon. She's been out with this like I think a torn Achilles or whatever for almost a year now. But it's very Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar like, where we're gonna you know Protect the stars. if we're gonna beat you, we're gonna beat you on a big stage. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, the problem I have too. This is another topic, but. Lesnar, if he loses, it's quick. Lesnar never has some big five-star half-an-hour match. Like, that's over in five minutes, if that. You know, when he lost to Rollins, it was done. You know, boom, curb stomp, you're out, belts off you. We'll see you in six months. Same thing he just did with McIntyre. You know, we'll see him again. But sticking with, with Charlotte, I think it'll be a, some kind of three or four-way where then say it's Rhea Ripley or whoever comes down, hits her with a chair, takes her out. She loses the belt. She extends her feud then with whoever took her out. And then this NXT, you guys, they're off to the races. And then her, and she can elevate Ripley even more because, guys, you got to think, they brought two NXT women up to face main roster champions and both lost. Where do they go from there with those two? And I guess, and I guess that's my thing too, right? Bianca Belair lost and Rhea Ripley lost. So it's like, what, what do you Shayna do? Baszler lost. And... And Shannon Baszler lost, right? So it's like, what are they? Who who are they going to put over? The other thing about Charlotte is 
what do they do with her in terms of is she booked? Is she booked like she's an NXT superstar? That their booking in NXT is completely different than the main roster. So is Vince McMahon booking these matches, or is Triple H booking these matches? Who's in control of what happens with Charlotte moving forward? I think that's also kind of another interesting subplot of this too. Obviously, they gave Charlotte the belt. I'm sure she doesn't give a shit. She she will lose just like her daddy used to lose all the time. I don't think she minds doesn't. I don't think she minds going over. I don't think she cares about that. But it's how do they do it? Um, Io Shirai won the, the ladder match uh, yesterday, so it's going to be her against Io Shirai, which I think could be a really really fun match. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward with her. And I but think nobody knows who that girl is. They're not putting her over Charlotte <laughs> without building her up. I mean, let, let's be honest. Uh, listen, here, Drake. Here's the thing: the main go. roster. If you if you're not if you're just watching Monday and Friday, sure, you don't know. If you are right. watching NXT, she she is the most popular female on the roster in NXT. I get that, I, but Corey, I didn't, Vince didn't, doesn't care about that. Look at, there's a, but, but a that, laundry Drake, list of guys that they brought up from the main roster who were, you look at guys in NXT, you're like, this guy's the greatest. Like, he does amazing things. They get to the main roster and they're like, eh, pff, see ya. I don't, you know? I don't disagree with that, but the question is, who's booking this? Like, who's booking this shit? If it's <laughs> Vince booking it, then you're right. If it's Triple H booking it, because they could have Charlotte lose the title and still be in NXT. Like, she doesn't have to have the title to stay down there. She could say, hey, I'm down here because these are the best female wrestlers in the world, which they have the best roster, female roster. Mm -hmm. And she could just stay down there, too. So she, I don't think she needs the title to stay down there, either. Again, I think she'll have the title for a while, but... Uh, do you guys agree? I'm bored with the women's uh, division at this moment. They need some new blood. It's literally, you kept the belt on Becky. You know, you've kept the belt on... Um, Bailey. Bailey. And now you've got Charlotte. She's great. But it's so you have Charlotte. Like, Alexa Bliss is now kind of lost in this tag team division. It's like you need some new blood because it's just kind of those main girls and everybody else is so many rungs below them. Yeah, there's a four horse women Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha. And then that's it. There's no, I mean, there's nobody who is close to them. Oh, you're not, they, you're, they, not, you're not excited that Nia Jax is back? What'd you say, Corey? You're not excited that Nia Jax is back? I mean, oh. it's terrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like we, I mean, Corey, we talked about that last week, right? That they have not built up any woman on the main roster since, other than the four horsewomen. Who, who have they built up? It's true. And the main roster, Alexa Bliss is a multi-time champ, but they seem like... Uh, Vince would rather have her... Vince would die to have her back in the Trish Stratus era if they could get her doing, you know, the brawn panties matches and things like that, because she looks like a Barbie doll, you know? She's basically, when her character came in as a uh, fake Harley Quinn, and now she's kind of evolved from that. But, uh, yeah, she's kind of lost in the sauce, too, with just this tag division, which they don't really need. And, let, and, let's, be, and let's be honest here. I mean, and as much as we both uh, love Io Shirai, what gives you the hope that when she comes up to the, if, if and when she comes up to the main roster, she doesn't get treated like Asuka? A thousand percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that I agree with. She should just stay in NXT for all career. Or, or Kyrie I mean, Sane. Or uh, Nakamura after his initial run. Uh, is there a common theme that I'm maybe saying here? G? 
Just saying. Yeah. Vince did give Nakamura at least a little bit of a push at WrestleMania. They pushed him a little bit, and then they they punted on him. But yeah, let's get him to AEW already. Come on. What are we? <laughs> it's quite a few him guys. And Cesaro. Let's get, stop wasting time. What are we doing? But uh, it's hard. I mean, it's hard, man. They, they, these guys are getting a lot more money than they used to back when, you know, back in the Attitude Era. Even like these guys are getting paid now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Nakamura might just say, you know, fuck it. He likes to surf. Um, so before we move on, last thing on this, how much do you think we'll see Charlotte on Raw with the NXT title? Do you th- and I don't, and I, and personally, I don't know if that will be a bad thing because if the NXT title is on Raw every week because she is a Raw superstar, apparently, that that will, could help you know bring notoriety to NXT. Oh, yeah. So how will, oh, how sure. often do you think she'll be on on Raw? All the time, every week. Uh, they've got to get that belt over so that it means something. And she had a promo, I think, after Mania that said that, you know, yeah. hey, it, it, the, you know, the, the performer makes the belt, the belt doesn't make the performer. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, she'll be on there every week because she's the biggest female star they have. They have to get that division over. You have to make them want to tune in to NXT. And I saw you tweeted out the, the ratings there. I mean, there's over a million people watching wrestling on Wednesday nights. Between the two shows, which is a great thing. It sucks that it's split between two shows, but that's good for wrestling. Uh, you know, that that many eyeballs are on it on a Wednesday and you don't get wrestling fatigue with Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If there's something on the weekends, the network, it's it's a lot of wrestling, man. It's a lot. I mean, my, my wife is like, another night of wrestling, another mm-hmm. fucking night of like she's And she's pretty cool about it. She's fine. And a lot of times, like, I'm watching wrestling on, like, my laptop, and she's watching whatever she's watching on the TV. But she's like, are you fucking watching wrestling again? Like, she just can't believe it's on every night. But, it, I mean, now with the coronavirus, things have changed a little bit. But, yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. So, I'm, I'm glad that you're able, I don't know if you're, how much cursing you're able to do on uh, the Fantasy Football Hustle, but I'm glad, I'm glad you're able to get a little bit out here, uh, Brian. So We actually used to swear all the time. And then my co-host, uh, Dwayne McFarland, got hired by football guys and then now he works for Evan Silva at Establish the Run. Oh, that's and we awesome. just yeah, we just started we got to the point where we were getting, you know, like thousands of downloads a week and we were kind of like if we want to make money with this and and people are going to listen in their car or whatever, like let's just we don't need to if we do, we do, but we don't go out of our way to do it anymore, um, especially with some of our guests. But it doesn't matter. Like know. I said, though, if you ever need to, if you want to get any of it out, you know, feel free. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but uh, let's get into a second subject of the week. Uh, everyone has their own opinion on if people if they should be wrestling at the moment or with the coronavirus, you know, with the health effects. And we all know that all these companies are doing what apparently saying they're doing what they can in regards to testing people as they walk in if they have temperature. AEW has apparently two months worth of product in the in the can now, leading up to Double or Nothing. Uh, Las Vegas put out a tweet, uh, one of their casinos, saying that there will be no events in Vegas until after May 31st. So Double or Nothing, if it's happening, it's not happening in the MGM. So we'll see what happens wow. there. But both Impact Wrestling, yes, that still does exist, uh, will be uh, holding tapings over the next couple of days in Nashville. And the WWE, starting Friday, will be holding tapings over basically the next week in the Performance Center for Raw and SmackDown and at um, Full Sail for, um, for NXT. Like I said, 
I'm not trying to get super political here, but it's very interesting that there's stay stay at homes in I believe at least in Florida. I'm not sure about Nashville, but of Tennessee. But what's your guys' opinion on? I understand that you got advertisers and you got to go and put something on the air. But what's your guys' thoughts about you know continuing the taping, health of the guys, and everything here? This Drake, goes, I, like the, I, I just got one thing before Drake goes. Sure. It's not a surprise. It's down south. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to also go back to what have we been talking about in wrestling forever? That these guys are independent contractors. There's no union. What are they going to do? If Vince wants to run it as an entertainment show, as it is, it's not a sport. I don't know. The, the state athletic commission in Florida obviously doesn't care. Uh, they could shut it down if they wanted to. But... You know, if Vince wants to run it, he's going to put it out there. And obviously, Roman Reigns said he doesn't want to do it. And he's a big enough star to to say, I don't want to be here and, and actually mean it and not show up. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if they want to come, and a lot of them live in that area anyways, but, you know, some of them don't. They're flying in, just doing the shot, hitting the shows, and then going back. It's probably not an ideal scenario. And if somebody actually did catch it, I mean, Corey, you're in the Bronx. I mean, you're in a hotbed. You said there's numerous people in your building who've yeah. got the coronavirus. Seven so at the moment, yeah. Yeah, it's not something to, to, to really take lightly. It's a serious, serious issue. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, they're a business, and they're kind of holding their employees' feet to the fire saying, we're going to do this and take it or leave it. Don't get paid and don't get on TV. And I think that's kind of what happened with WrestleMania. Like, you talked about how people were not excited. I guess the wrestlers were pissed. Like, they did not want to wrestle. They thought they really did not agree with it. And Vince was one of the only people who were like, we have to keep this show going. But like you said, they don't have a union. And we've talked about this in wrestling for years, that they, there's no one to protect them. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, unlike, you know, the sports leagues, NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL. So it's like, hey, you can go out there and wrestle and don't get paid, or you can wrestle and get paid. What, yeah. are, you, what, what are you going to do? And so it's... It's a tough spot for these guys to be in. It's it's a it's a tough thing for me, right? Because I'm home all day, like you guys are. There's not a lot to do. There's no sports on anymore, which is terrible, obviously. So there's not really a lot going on. How many times can I watch Ozark? You know what I'm saying? So it's my wife's dying to get me to watch that show. I oh, Drake, it's it. awesome. It's, uh, it's maybe I'll give it a shot. No, it's it's like it's, I, I kinda, no it's like it's like a, a, a Breaking Bad. To me. Uh, to never watched never watch an episode of that. Oh, really? Breaking uh, Bad's great. See, you got Breaking Bad. You got, so you got, you got plenty of stuff to watch. Second best show of, of, of our generation is, is Breaking yes. Bad, besides The Wire. I like silly kinds like Big Mouth. Big Mouth, to me, is the greatest show on television. Wow. Big Mouth is great. It, it is great. But that's what I love. Just, just degenerate, sick cartoon. You got you to you right. check out uh, Paradise PD. It's pretty, pretty good, too, on, on Netflix. Paradise PD. Yeah, um, I heard uh, Yucko the Clown is one of the producers of that, right? I did not know the that. The Stern Show. Yeah, he's one of the oh creators. Oh, my. <laughs> um, so, so you, you know, there's not a lot of live things to watch. Even down to production was halted on Hollywood TV shows. So down the road, there's going to be shows that we're not going to be able to see that we're normally accustomed to seeing. So this is the one form of quote-unquote live entertainment so this is a way for these guys to really, really make some money. Vince to make some hay, even Impact. And I don't even watch Impact, but it's like, yeah. maybe I'll start watching now. So, and it's something for me as a someone to watch. So I have, I have a real hard time. I don't think it's fair to the guys. 
apparently they're sanitizing the ring after every match and they're re- well WWE anyway is really going out of their way. Like Again, that matters. You got a guy in a headlock or whatever. He's right here and sweating all over you. But yeah, you got coronavirus. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. They're taking the temperatures of everyone, but it's still the the what's going to happen is a couple people are going to get it, and then that's going to be it. And then they're just going to have to then they're going to have to stop everything. Let me ask you guys. I, I'm sure you follow this more than I do. How have the numbers been for the shows during the virus? Have they spiked or are they still doing nothing? At the very beginning, Raw and SmackDown were up, and then they slowly Raw has went down. I mean, the post post Raw was I think was up by like six or seven percent. SmackDown is I think kind of leveled to uh, to a decent number for what I this mean, has Raw, been. Raw had one of their worst weeks of all time, like, like two, two weeks, two weeks ago. ago. I mean, the, wow. And uh, NXT and uh, AEW have both cratered. I mean, this past week. Uh, AEW actually lost for the first time in, in a, what I get two months, and they only lost by a thousand a thousand viewers. But I can't wait for the eight weeks podcast about. <laughs> yeah. eight I, weeks mean, I mean, AEW had, I think they had what nine hundred thousand, nine hundred fifty thousand viewers in January, uh-huh. and this week they had six fifty. Yeah, I mean, and everybody's home. Everybody, I think people are just freaked out. They're watching the news. They're watching Netflix. They're watching Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, I don't know, and I do want to ask you, Drake, about your views on on the performance center shows because you kind of mentioned it a little bit, and over the terrible your time, so <laughs> they're a waste of time. Like I get, like where is uh, where is AEW filming? That's not the Jag Stadium, is it? It's no, no. it's right next to the Jag Stadium, the uh, Daly's place. So it's in Jacksonville. Uh, the oh, okay. Fir- the first couple were in uh, there, and the uh, this. Last week and the ones going forward are at uh, in Georgia at uh, one of the wrestlers QT Marshall's uh, gym. So those are where these last set of tapings are are going to be at. AEW's. I'll give them credit though. It that looks a thousand times better than Performance Center. It yeah. just. I mean, it's outside. They got the set. Vince actually ended up turning the hard cam, yep. which was a smart move. Um, you know, the the Performance Center shows are junk. You could put on like we said before we went on the air. I would much rather they just show classic, you know, pay-per-views, classic Raws from the Stone Cold era. I think more people would watch a, you know, Attitude Era Raw that you could just see right now on the network if you wanted to, but who's going to find it? Then watching the crap they're putting on with these job matches. You have the, the Raw after WrestleMania, and you've got freaking squash matches. You're supposed to be having, like, you know, guys coming out, you know, this is my big reveal and my comeback and all these new superstars. And you got job matches? Like, this is what I'm watching? Like, the hell with that. That's why yeah. so many guys now, they just DVR raw and they just fast forward through it. Like, what's the point of watching it live? There's no reason to sit there for three hours. You know what, though? I do, I, I do, I don't disagree with you, but I do like that little bit with the job matches. It does remind me a little bit Back when we were kids, like, you know, the superstars and mm-hmm. some of the, uh, you know, like, Saturday's main event, you know, where you... you yeah, only but Corey, saw... all the matches are job matches, basically. Oh, I'm not saying I mean, that. I'm not I saying mean, that no, raw, I mean... the raw, that Raw on Monday was... Putrid. It was really, really... They The problem is, I don't mind a squash match. I don't want to see a 27-minute squash match. <laughs> the Aleister Black Apollo Crews, it was a squash match that went 27 minutes. I just oh, my God. So I didn't watch the whole match, but I would, like, you know, you watch a match, and you're like, oh, this match is going to be a squash match. 
So let me fast Are there more than four guys on Raw, by the way? Anytime I turn it on, the only thing you get is Aleister Black, Ricochet, and the Street Profits. That's the only guys on the show. Nobody else exists. Apparently, I guess I those are the only guys who... The show. <laughs> I don't even know who the champ is on the show. Like, not a, And this, maybe shame on me. When did the Universal Champ get off Raw? Uh, that was post... They had the draft, and that's when the Fiend... Uh, Fiend beat um, Seth Rollins, Rollins in uh, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, and he went over, uh, and then Brock went and left SmackDown to come to Raw or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, when the hell did this happen? Why yeah, do I remember that Fox so quickly? wanted Bray Wyatt. Fox wanted Bray Wyatt, so they took him, huh. and then Lesnar went to Raw, basically. How awful is that? I know this is well before WrestleMania. Le- uh, so Wyatt loses the championship. To Goldberg of all people, and then there's not even a follow up. It's just oh, now I'm on this John Cena program. Like what? Yeah, you just lost the belt. And nobody cares. I mean, we we talked about this on the podcast a while ago. Kofi Kingston lost the title in nine seconds, and he hasn't fucking mentioned it at all. Like he hasn't talked about it. Yeah, at all that he lost the title in nine seconds. He was the main event of WrestleMania last year. He's in some weird tag team three man match. This year, and he lost to John Morrison. Like, dude, you were the main event. You won the strap last year. You you do know it's you know it's about to happen, Jason, right? Well, Ryan's bringing back his uh, wrestling podcast. I think we I think we fired him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I get it. There's peaks and valleys. Here's my thoughts too on uh, for WrestleMania with Drew McIntyre. Everyone loves the WrestleMania build. They love Daniel Bryan going up. They loved Kofi Kingston going up. Now, Drew McIntyre, you know you win the Rumble, that guy's going over. You saw the 24-7s and all the, the stuff. Everybody in America knew he was winning that match. But then I think he is such a bland character where once we get back into arenas and people are like, all right, I can go back to the show again. It's like, oh, wait, here's Drew McIntyre. And we can be like, oh, this guy? Like, okay, here's British Roman Reigns. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, there's nothing special about Drew McIntyre to put him over and say, this guy's the champion. So I agree with you and disagree with you. I don't think Drew McIntyre is a great babyface. I don't. I really don't. Um, and during I, this they, run, they, they, they turned it into a babyface. Yeah, they did go against yeah, you're right. In NXT, I don't think he was great, to be honest with you. Um, when he was a heel, I think, is when he's at his best. I really do. Like He's, he's kicking people's ass. He's, he's telling people what, what, what time it is. I think he's a little ill-suited for this role, but it's the role he's in, and it gave him the belt. So we'll see if they can turn him into, like, the nice guy that everybody likes before the audience turns on him, which we know is going to happen. Like, they turn on everybody. But they have to not make him too corny, like they did with Rollins. So Mm -hmm. Rollins really was firing firing all cylinders, and the audience loved him. And then he started to really get goofy with some stuff. He's, he, you know, they started doing some goofy stuff with them. That Bray Wyatt thing was horrible. And then the audience completely turned on him. Then they turned Rollins heel, and he's been good as a heel. Mm-hmm. It's got to be how they book him. I think they can keep him strong as a babyface and the audience liking him. But they can't make him come off too goofy and too much like a cornball or the audience will absolutely turn on him. What the fuck was that Big Show thing? At the, at the end of Raw. <laughs> well, 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 Drake, they said the beginning of Raw, we have a big surprise coming up at the end. Well, we yeah. have a big, big We're going to plug a big show's Netflix show. That's what we're doing. Like, when he came out, I'm like, 
what is this nonsense? Like, this is what you, the guy's in the ring for some odd reason after beating Lesnar, comes back out. Then the big show, well, as soon as his music, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> well, I, the best part is all day on Ariel Hawani's show and a bunch of other shows, you have Drew McIntyre showing the title that saying he won at WrestleMania. All these interviews, not even, you know, sh showing title saying, hey, you know, he didn't want to even touch title until Mania was over. So everyone, anyone who's watched anything knows that you've, he's already won this match by the end of the night. So mm -hmm. it's, you've already told everybody who cares anything about your product that he's won. So, you know, it's like maybe you don't have him, you know, do these interviews until Tuesday after he, you know, after, if you know that you're putting this as part as your goddamn product. Besides the fact it's the, the fucking big show. Big you know, show. I mean. How's that guy <laughs> still around? Nobody. I mean, you got a guy who's, I mean, what is he, probably 6'10 six, six, in real life? Because <laughs> uh, McIntyre looks big next to him. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And I'm like, how misbooked has this guy been when you got a guy who's near seven foot, 300 pounds, and nobody cares? Nobody cares if this guy comes out. Like, I'd rather see, uh, name some NXT guy. I'd rather see them over the big show. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jinder Mahal. No. Uh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bring him too. Heath Slater, 3MB, three way for the title. No. Um, David Arquette, back in the house. Hey, he's doing some indie shots, apparently. Uh, saw him on any, uh, NWA a couple of weeks ago. But um, let's do our, our, last, our last topic for this week. And once again, a thrill to uh, have uh, Drake Fantasy on with us, Brian Drake, uh, giving us a little bit of time this week. Uh, yeah, and Drake, before we go, I definitely want to ask you about your show. Like, I want to ask you sure. about how long you've been doing it. We can talk a little fantasy, you know, sure. whatever. Cool. <laughs> So uh, we've been talking for the last three, uh, two weeks, third week of season two of Beyond the Ring. First week of the show, the uh, Benoit uh, tragedy was one of the best two hours you, I, I've seen of television all year. It's a really New sick thing to say, Corey. Well, <laughs> I'm a, I, I, I did a show with you for a couple, a couple of months. Uh, I, I have a warped sense of humor. Uh, and you had New Jack, which was interesting. And then this week you had the uh, Bra for All. Mm -hmm. All of us were, uh, I guess, mostly at Oswego or just about to be in Os Oswego in college together at this point. Mm -hmm. So we might have actually all been watching wrestling maybe around the same time together. Uh, initial initial thoughts of the documentary. I thought it was a really well done one. Not as oh, good yeah. as week one of season two, but I thought it was one of those really good things. And I don't know what your guys' take was, but the Russo-Cornette stuff always interests me. But I'm glad mm -hmm. that wasn't the sole focus. But I thought the Brawl for All stuff was really interesting. But the stuff, you know, dealing with the Steve, Dr. Steve Williams stuff was super interesting. And all the stuff that, you know, the injuries. And there was so many things that, with the draws, I thought it was a great hour of, t of television. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my first thoughts on the, the – they, they've done a great job on the, that show. And it's even better production this year. I love Jericho narrating it too. First episode with uh, with – Guerrero and Benoit, my wife's up there and I just have it on. She doesn't like watching it. And then Eddie Guerrero dies and that's the part of the show. And I go, that's the best thing that happens in this show. Let's She's like, what do you minutes. mean? I go, trust me, it gets way worse than that. Oh yeah. And uh, then I told her what happened. She's like, yeah, I'm not watching this. But <laughs> great, great episode. Uh, the second one, New Jack should be in fucking prison. Oh yeah. That guy's a scumbag. Like what a maniac, dude. All the stuff he's done, 
how has this guy never one not been shot? And I don't know. He's just a bad, bad person. How he's still getting booked. But uh, and the one the brawl for all. Getting back to watching it now. Yes, it was a terrible idea. Um, I love that they got Bart Gunn on there to talk about it. And Russo just wanted to see JBL get beat up. That made me love Vince Russo. I don't care about Russo, you know, this way or that way. But I share his vehement hatred for JBL, who I think, as he said, is a bully and a prick and someone who just, like, pushes his weight around. So seeing him get knocked out was absolutely the best part of that hour. Yeah, but you share the same haircut as him. I thought you'd uh, have a kinship now. What's that? But you have a similar haircut to him. I thought you'd share the... Some... No, I hate JBL. I don't like that he's a, a bully. And I, you, Any show you listen to, go to any like Conrad Thompson shows, and they tell JBL stories, and Pritchard's, you know, his boy, so he's always blowing him. But people just have bad things to say about about JBL because he's a dick. Yeah. It, it, the, the one thing is, so the whole brawl for all was a rib on JBL. I mean, it was, it, it, it's unbelievable that they risked all these guys' careers. I mean, basically Steve Williams' career was done after that. They risked these guys' health and careers for a rib on JBL. Like, it, it, like it's unbelievable to me. The Cornette Russo stuff, I, I don't care because we know that they hate each other. Like, I don't care about that stuff. The guy's individual stories, like Bart Gunn's story, I thought was fascinating. Because I, I didn't remember all that about him back in the day. Yeah. And how they really screwed him. Like, they really screwed him. They touched on the draws thing, which you could have that be a documentary really all by itself with Absolutely. him and Elo. Um, But the Bart Gunn thing was just really, really, really compelling. Uh, and the Dr. Death stuff was really good, too. It was, it was great. I, I liked that a lot better than the, the New Jack one. We talked about the New Jack one. Thought it was a little abbreviated, whatever. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. I, definitely the Benoit one was incredible. Um, and, and it's funny, Drake, you were talking about, like, your wife watching it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife watched it, and she watches wrestling with me occasionally, but isn't really into it. She was, like, enthralled with it. Like, she didn't know anything about any of these people. She, we just had it up, and we were watching it, and she's like, holy shit. And she wanted to watch part two with me, and she's like, this is fucked. This is fucked up, you know? Um, yeah, it's been some really good television. I think this season's been better than last season, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's close. I mean, I thought, you know, some of those episodes from season one, like the Von Erichs, I thought was a really good episode. Gio Hernandez, I thought was a really good episode. So, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. It's been a great, great season. I thought you know some of the stuff that the, the conversations of the different ideas of Russo and Cornette and just the d- different ideas of how these people the different generations think about what wrestling is and I don't usually agree with many things that Russo says because I think Russo is just a parody of himself at this point I think Cornette is also a parody of himself the yes. Cornette is basically the ultimate troll when it comes to like AEW and I they're, think ba- just- they're basically two old ex you know, wrestling people in wrestling who are still trying to put themselves over. So to me, like, I don't know. Like, I don't really give a shit about those guys. But but but, but the idea, the fact is, the Je- the Jerry Springer type of, you know, who knows what could happen any moment of just people coming out and just fighting with each other. That was the boom period of you know just anything could happen. That's when we, us forty year old men now, 
You two yeah. with actual, you know, futures with families, me just sitting there, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, you know, if the coronavirus is going to kill me or not, with people in my building. But, you know, that's when we, you know, we're super into it. I mean, we're, you know, we're into mm-hmm. it still because, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, Russo, you know, was a dog who needed to be put on a leash. And once he was off that leash, you know, we saw what happened, you know, first time in WCW. It was a disaster. But, you know, he was, he wasn't terrible for the business. I think, I think the thing in, whether it's wrestling, whether it's football, we see it like with, you know, we're going to talk fantasy in a little bit, but like Warren Sharp, who's I think one of the greatest minds in football right now. We, we always need different people, different thinkers in society and life and politics, right? We always need different thinkers, different people who are outside the box. And I think Russo was that, right? Wrestling was Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, and this is what you're supposed to do every time. And that's why Vince Russo's thing works so well, because he was so out of the box. Now, there's that fine line between being out of the box and successful and then totally floundering, which he eventually did. But, I mean, he ended up getting another job with TNA. So he did have a lot of success, right? So How long was he in WWE for? 18 months as the head writer? I mean, he wasn't there very long. It, that that star didn't burn bright forever. I mean, no, it didn't. he's also aided by they had the Rock and Stone Cold. Oh, sure. If they didn't have the Rock and Stone Cold during that period, nobody remembers Vince Russo. But I but I think I I agree with you 100. percent But I think he maybe allowed the Rock and Stone Cold to be them. I don't want to say be themselves, but maybe be themselves a little bit. Yeah. Um. And I think that was also maybe he he opened Vince up to get away from the 80s lame character into a more realistic character that we see yeah. today. I'll say he, he, he made Vince open his eyes and bridge from the, this old antiquated type of wrestling into kind of what we see today. So the and they still have that today. You see the, the Viking Raiders. I tweet about it every week. The worst gimmick in wrestling is the Viking fucking Raiders. And they, and that's a, that's a Vince thing. Yes. Right? They, were called, they were called war machine in another company. Bring it and- on. They and then they changed their name to the War Raiders, which was kind of goofy, but whatever. And then they went to Raw and Vince changed them to the Viking Raiders and changed their name to Ivar. And like they were, they were Viking Experience for a week or two, for a week or two. And then that people were so bad. So it's like they there still is that aspect of it. Yeah, I think Heyman's helping Vince was helping Vince a little bit with stuff, but now with the coronavirus and whatever, we don't you know things have changed a little bit. I do, I, and I hopefully, and I know the story's been told a lot, so I know they're trying to do documentaries on different things. I eventually would love for them to do this. I mean, there's so many stories they can still do. To tell the story of Vince Russo and the WWE and all the things that happened there. And they've touched on it a little bit, but I would love for them to do a bigger deep dive into it. Because a lot of people are taking claim of this attitude error. Triple H was taking claim, and Shawn Michaels was taking claim, Vince Russo's taking claim. So I would like to see a really, really good long-form documentary on the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean, a lot of good things that they can do. I mean, next week they'll be doing Jimmy Snuka, they've got Owen Hart, they've got something on I mean, the he, he killed someone. He, oh, killed, yeah. he killed a person. Yeah. Uh, so, like, before we uh, move on, what's your, th- what's your interest level in uh, next week's uh, episode with uh, Jimmy Snuka and the death of... Uh, this woman that he uh, that he killed and apparently uh, got away with for a very long time. Is it sad to say little to none? Like I was never a Jimmy Snook a fan. I didn't get it. Uh, 
you know, the jumping off the cage and all that stuff. But I don't know. That's kind of one where I'm sure I'll watch it. I'll just have it on DVR. But the Owen Hart one, because I actually watched Owen Hart, you know, when we were growing up. So mm-hmm. that's more interesting to me. But I, I don't know. I, I have no interest in this Jimmy Smith one. What about you, Jay? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more interested because I heard the stories and I don't know. Again, I'm saying he killed someone. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh, no, he definitely I, killed somebody. No, he did. He definitely did. <laughs> yeah. So, right. But I'm interested in the story about what happened, how it was found out, all the kind of details behind it. How it was um, covered up for years and years. I, yeah. Yeah. How, how, how whatever. Uh, so I want to hear the details of that for sure. Uh. Drake, it's like I said, it's been really cool having you on this week. So let's get a little bit into uh, what you've been doing. So like, sure. m- many people don't know uh, the reason uh, that we had you on is because uh, the first first wrestling radio show experience that uh, me and Jason kind of had. I mean, like we did little things together when we were in uh, Westchester Community College together, but both of us uh, were on your show back in the day mm-hmm. at Oswego State. Uh, so let's a uh, little talk about that and uh, what you're doing now yeah that show off the ropes got started i was a freshman at oswego in 1998 and i go to the radio station and i'm getting into sports broadcasting and there's a lot of guys ahead of you on the list to do play-by-play for basketball and hockey and all that stuff which so i I know i'm not gonna be able to do this as a freshman i'm not gonna be able to broadcast those games but i can do some sports talk and wrestling was as hot as a pistol at that point and they're like hey we want to put on a show to capitalize on this and just talk about wrestling. And I'm like, I'll sign up for that. Like, let me go. So the first few shows, it's like nothing like what we, it evolved into. And I was kind of the only constant. And there was just random guys that would come in and be like, oh, yeah, I like wrestling too. And I kind of weeded them out. And it became kind of my show. And it was every Tuesday night at, at 10 o'clock was off the ropes. Uh, There was a show before called the Sports Zone, which is like your general, you know, kids talking NFL, whatever, which is probably awful. Uh, (laughs) And then at the end, I became the sports director of the radio station my senior year, and I made sure to keep off the ropes, just basically an hour of me talking to my friends. But I'll say this. We got real wrestlers on the show. We had guys like the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. We had Animal. We had Tatanka. Uh, we went to an ECW pay-per-view and got guys to come on there. I saw the photos of us talking to Little Guido and C.W. Anderson and um, geez, some other guys. Rob, funny story, Rob Van Dam, we go over to talk to him, and he goes, hey, man, I got to get paid. You got to give me like a, a you know bag of weed or something. I'm not a pot guy. I'm like, bag of weed like they pat you down when you come in we need a bag of weed he's like sorry man gotta get paid uh, but yeah we had some legit guys and i'll so still never changed. forget one of the, the guys Corey the king and he just didn't care so we have a million dollar man on the show he's now this devout christian and he goes i gotta ask him a question and i know what he's gonna say to him it's gonna be something bad and i'm like all right just wait till the end let me interview this guy first and then ask him whatever so we get to the end of the interview and he goes excuse me ted uh now, you're a big religious guy, right? And I already know where this is going. He goes, do you think it's fair that if I die tomorrow and I go to hell, I go to the same hell as Hitler? And, you know, Hitler killed all these people. And I'm just, you know, watching porn at my house here in Oswego. And I'm going to, and I'm just like, oh, my God. What are we doing? The million dollar. 
Ted, thanks a lot for coming on the show, buddy. We'll see you next time. But, uh, so, yeah, I did that show. That was a great time. And I thank all you guys for coming on over the years and, and helping make that show as fun as it was. And God knows we didn't talk any wrestling last year, but we did go to WrestleMania uh, when it was in the Sky Dome. We went to a Thunder. We went to ECW shows. One of the guys on the show, Sean Conway, actually became a writer's assistant for the WWE. And now he's a writer doing TV shows, so which is awesome. And, and it's led me now to where I am doing a fantasy football podcast uh, called the Fantasy Football Hustle. Uh, myself and Dwayne McFarland, my co-host, he writes for a site called EstablishTheRun.com, which is uh, run by Evan Silva, if you've heard of him in the fantasy industry. Wrestling and fantasy football have a lot of parallels. It's a lot of the same guys who enjoy wrestling also enjoy fantasy football. So it's a real easy crossover to me. Uh, to find that same audience and hopefully we'll promote this show and guys who follow me will come follow you guys and vice versa. So uh, we're doing great things there and I'm working for a site called fightingchancefantasy.com. I'm kind of helping these guys grow and uh, it, it's really a site where I always say I, I have this catchphrase for it now and as we kind of relaunch things, it's, um, you know, fighting chance fantasy where fantasy's future is written. So we kind of want to take guys who need an opportunity and we're sort of the NXT of, of fantasy writing. So if you wow. want to talk baseball, you want to talk football, hockey, MMA, whatever is your niche, like we just want to get you a platform to talk about it. And then, you know, you can go off and work for fantasy alarm, like the guy who founded the site did or Dwayne now working for football guys and established the run. So uh, it can happen. People, I talk to to guys, and they're like, "Hey, I want to get paid to write about fantasy football." Go, There's maybe a hundred guys in the whole country who get paid yeah. to write about fantasy football, and you know they they can easily find somebody to do it for nothing. So yeah. I'm not saying work for free, but I, I I use the old Vince McMahon analogy when anybody asks me about writing for the company, and I go, "I don't pay you. I give you opportunity, and if you want an opportunity to write and take it as far as your eyes." can carry you. And if you've got imagination, this is your playground. So that's kind of my pitch with fightingchancefantasy.com. And uh, it's been great, man. With this podcast, we've had shows last year. We have a couple of thousand views. We're getting on YouTube now. And the reason we want to grow YouTube is because that's, you can actually make money there. Nobody cares about the podcast. It's impossible to make money on a podcast unless you're Conrad Thompson. All right, Jason, uh, let's quit. Now, how'd you, how'd you get Involved in a fantasy, obviously we're all fantasy football people here. How'd you get involved in the fantasy podcast world in general? What what got you involved? How'd you start growing your 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 podcast? I got into it. The guy Ryan Hallam, who started Fighting Chance, uh, who now works for Fantasy Alarm. I was kind of just talking to him on Twitter, following him, and you know I follow guys just like anybody. You follow Matthew Barry and uh, you know like I said Warren Sharp, and we actually just had Rich Rebar who works with Warren Sharp on our show last night and uh, he needed a guy for a mock draft. So he tweets out, he's like, Hey man, somebody bailed. I need a guy for a mock draft at like eight o'clock. And I just went like, I'll do it. I'm just sitting here doing nothing. So I did the mock draft, did a little write up for him afterwards. And he's like, Oh, that's great. Like, where do you work? And I go, I don't do this. Like I just, I'm a fan. And he's like, wow, do you want to do it? So I got into it with him and being a radio guy, it's like, I want to do podcasting. I don't want to just write. I'd love to talk about, fantasy weekly and i went out and bought a macbook and i bought you know nice equipment and uh hooked up with Dwayne. i saw him on twitter he had 200 followers he's putting out all these charts and this real nerdy content that was way over my head and i'm like dude what do you what do you work for he's like nobody 
And I'm like, do you want to come on the show with me? I'm nobody too. So we started out with 200 followers uh, for Dwayne. He's got like 15,000 now and he gets paid pretty well to write weekly columns for establish the run. And we've had, you know, from Sigmund Bloom to Matt Waldman, Evan Silva, Rich Rebar, uh, uh, John Daigle from Roto World was on the show two, three weeks ago. Um, you know, big time guys, come on. We've got more Joe Dolan from Fantasy Guru. Well, he used to be Fantasy Guru. He's got a new site that's going to be coming out. Uh, you hear him on Sirius XM. He's going to be coming on the show soon to promote it. Uh, so it's a blast, man. We're Every week we're blown away. Like, how do we get, you know, Sigmund Bloom and Evan Silva to come on and, and do the show when we used to just do it in the basement and nobody was listening? I mean, that's why my advice to anybody who gets into podcasting is no, no one's going to listen. It, it, and that's fine. That's cool. Grow the show as long as you're having fun with it and you kind of promote here and there. If you've got good content, people will start coming along and it's, keep it interesting. And don't sound like everybody else. You know, have a, have a different angle. And, and that's cool. That's the, the way you got to break in, I guess, in this industry is just be real. Don't be a copy of somebody else. Just try to just be you and if people catch on to it, then God bless you. You'll be one of the hundred guys making a few bucks in this industry. All right. Uh, last thing for me. Let's say the football season starts, no injuries, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who is your number one overall pick next year? Okay. Let's take Christian McCaffrey out of it. Other than McCaffrey, who is your number one pick? And who do you think will be the best rookie next year? I mean, it's tough to go wrong with Barkley. It's tough to go wrong with Zeke Elliott, Delvin Cook. They're all in, in offenses that are geared to get them the football. So especially if you're in a PPR league, I like any of those guys. I'm, I hate the Cowboys, but I'm a Zeke Elliott fan for fantasy because you know he's not sharing the football. He's going to get all the touches at the goal line. And he's on a good team with a good offensive line. So they're going to pound the rock in the second half. So I love Zeke. I love uh, – Delvin Cook, I've been on him for years. Uh, now he's finally starting to stay healthy. I just took him fourth overall in a, a best ball league that I, I'm drafting. I'm currently on the clock. I'm getting messages like, asshole, make a pick. It's been like four hours. Uh, love those guys. Rookie-wise, I'm going to say this. This is the year of all the great rookie wide receivers. These guys are going to struggle out of the gate because there's no OTAs. There's no rookie camp, no mini camp. They're going to come back in basically July, August, whenever we hope, and get thrown onto the field. And some of these guys are not good route runners. They're just the college game is let's get the ball in space to guys against zone coverage. So, you know, they're not going to be ready to go. The running backs, I think, are going to be a bigger advantage because say they get drafted to a kind of a prime spot like Tampa Bay or uh, Kansas City, I think, could take a running back where these guys are going to come in and, um, I think they're going to have a better opportunity. Uh, you know, they're all kind of tweeners, though. We talked about this on the show last night. They're not big power backs. There are a lot of guys who are sort of they look like wide receivers, almost playing short wide receivers playing running back. They vary in the Miles Sanders role, where you're you're five ten, uh, you know, barely two hundred pounds. So you're not a grinder by any means. So um, I think that's almost where the running back position and not to get too deep into the woods. I almost think to a certain extent, like that's where the running back position is going. You know what I mean? Like that kind of McCaffrey, even Dalvin cook. He's not some big monster guy. Um, I, I like JK Dobbins. That's, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good catching the ball out of the backfield. 
He's a good runner. Um, I think out of the rookie running backs, assuming he gets put in a good position, he's going to do pretty well as a rookie. Yeah, I think the you know the kid out of LSU too uh, was it Edwards Alaire who's yeah. going to be uh, a guy probably goes in the second third round if he lands in a good spot if he goes to Tampa Bay I think you know someone's going to go to Tampa and, and take over. There's no way Ronald Jones is going to be the guy in Tampa Bay. That's not happening. They're not Tom Brady's not rolling with him. I wouldn't be surprised if they take on a guy like Devonta Freeman who they know can win in pass protection because you don't want to get Brady killed with a rookie back there. Because uh, you got Brady on a two-year window. That's it. He's only playing there really for two years. So can't get him killed, but you need somebody who's legit who can go catch the ball and, and grind out. And Ronald Jones is that guy. Uh, besides asking you, you know, where you should pick Nick Chubb. Uh... I love Nick Chubb, man. I took him in the first round last year. I took him at the end of the first round. But for someone who's just starting fantasy football, and you could uh, try to make this one, you know, for, for the idiots out there. What would you say the best format is to, to start if you're just starting? Well, you know, try, I, I was at an event with Mike Clay last year from ESPN, name drop, and I asked him, I go, why are all your rankings about eight-team leagues? And he goes, ESPN's po- most popular league is an eight-team league. Oh, and I was blown away. I'm like, can't, you can't get ridiculous. two or four more friends, but that's why everything there is geared towards eight-team leagues. I would say get 10 to 12 guys – Half-point PPR, kind of splitting the difference. Don't go non-PPR. That's real boring. Um, Full-point PPR, I, I think easy. you can get taken advantage of by guys who know a little more about the, the pass-catching running backs. But half-point's great. Um, keep it simple. And my theory on drafting is like this. Draft a running back, then draft another running back. When you think about drafting another position, draft another running back. Because – you can never have enough running backs. The wide receiver position to me, it's there's so many great receivers now. Every team has two or three really legit wideouts. Uh, that kind of alpha wide receiver is it's kind of going by the wayside almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you still have Julio, but he never scores. DeAndre Hopkins now with his new team, he's great. But even the Odell Beckham's of the world, he's fallen off a cliff. Who? Exactly. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded him still before the draft. Uh, it's an interesting idea, but uh, this is all the great contact you uh, content co- contact content you will hear every week on the Fantasy Football Hustle with uh, Brian Drake. Uh, Brian, it was great catching up with you again. Anytime you have anything to promote or just want to come on and uh, curse at me and Jason, you know, because you can't do that anymore on your your highbrow uh, fantasy show. Uh, the door is always open to come on, and uh, you know, I saw that last night you were uh, we're talking to a guy from the. The worksheet this week you were today you were on uh, the worksheet wrestling podcast. It was always great having you on, and uh, it was great catching up with you. So, if, like one more time, you want to just you know quickly promote uh, your 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 podcast, your uh, your Twitter, and everything else. And of course, everyone go to YouTube, get them to a thousand subscribers. And uh, once again, the floor is yours, buddy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, on Twitter at Drake Fantasy. Um, at FC Fantasy Sports is Fighting Chance Fantasy's uh, Fantasy. Uh, the show is the uh, FF Hustle. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Put in Fantasy Football Hustle. Basically anywhere you'll find us. Uh, YouTube, iTunes, all that good stuff. Yeah, we had Rich Rebar on last night. Uh, he works with Warren Sharp. He was on Roto World before that. Real smart guy. But thanks, guys. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I look forward to coming back and talking about wrestling. It's good to, 
to bounce these things off other people because I, Lord knows my wife's not watching. <laughs> <laughs> and we still have to talk about Charlotte Flair being the best worker in the company. Without we'll, 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 we, we, can, we can save that because trust right. me, we're not going to have many shows probably after the next couple of weeks here because I... I think eventually they're going to stop. They're going to have to stop these shows. Uh, Jason, I think the coronavirus thing is going to really go for a while. But anyway, we'll have you on again for sure. Thanks Thank for coming you. on, Drake. Uh, Jason, if you want to quickly let people know how uh, they can follow us on Twitter and uh, before we call it a day. Sure. Uh, we are at Worked Shoot Pod. Um, check us out on Facebook at the Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube, Corey. I'll let you talk about the YouTube. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Don't say the work. Don't type in the work shoot wrestling podcast. You will not find us. We are worked shoot wrestling podcast. Very cool. And of course, you could also check out other podcasts uh, that I am on. You don't know Jackie, which uh, Jason Brooks was part of this past week. Uh, that was a good episode. Everyone check that out. You don't know Jackie. Make sure you put the apostrophe in it. You don't. Don't just type don't. You won't get it. And uh, Brian, if you want to go laugh and uh, not feel bad for me, you'll, you'll, you'll truly enjoy that because it's uh, an hour plus of just, you know, me getting roasted. But Jason does quite well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I deserve it. But uh, Jason, as you do every week, let's uh, final words. I think we're done here. See ya.